Good to go. Okay, Gavaldik. So today's daf is Davav, and we pick up two lines from the bottom of Hey Amud Beis 5b in Meseches Veya. Here we go. We're up to V Amarava. Two lines to the bottom of Hey Amud Beis. V Amarava. Rava says, "Zochus Kavasi Derav Bahani Plas." Rav over the past blot, uh, blot and a half, has given us three halachas concerning um, Shabbos and Shabbos that goes right into Yom Tif about the egg. That's late on Shabbos, whether it's allowed on Yom Tif, a two-day Yom Tif, a two-day Rosh Hashanah. Says the Gemara, we paskin like Rav. That is Rava's opinion. All right? And now we start today's daf, daf vav omud aleph. Top line, top words. Here we go. Omar Rava, Rava says, Mace, if Nebuch, unfortunately, somebody passes away, and... They need a kvura, they need a burial, but it's yomtif. So what do we do? The yomtif rishon yisasku bayamamen. If the body needs a burial on the first day of yomtif, you have the non-Jews bury the body. Kavod ames, mes be yomtif sheni, but let's say you need the burial to happen on the second day of yomtif. Then, Yisasku by Yisrael. Even Yisrael is allowed to partake in the mitzvah of Kvuras Hames on the second day of Yom Tif. And this is true even if it's Rosh Hashanah on both days, Masha'in came Bebetzah, which is not true about the halacha of the egg. Just because we're allowing a body that needs to be buried on Yom Kippur to be dealt with by Yidin. When it comes to, and we're going to be makel, we said both on regular Sholosh Regalim and Rosh Hashanah, that does not apply to the egg. By the egg, we're going to be machmir on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Nardoi Amri, the people of Nardoi said, even by an egg, the halacha is that on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, you'll be allowed to eat an egg that's laid on the first day. What's going to be the problem? The whole issue we said, oh, because maybe the Eidim are going to come. It's going to be a 30-day No, We say, practically speaking, it never happened. We're never finding a 30-day El. El nowadays always going to have 29 days. And therefore, we're dealing with a, a, a two-day Rosh Hashanah that's not here. It's not here for one 48-hour extended period. And one would be allowed to be makel um, on Rosh Hashanah when it comes to the egg as well. Period. Now, what still needs to be clarified, and I, we're going to get into this now with the Gemara, is what's this whole thing with the burial? What's the Zach? Did the person pass away and we want to bury him right away? Is it that the person passed away before Yomtif and for whatever reason the burial waited until Yomtif and that's when it's allowed? So Rava's statement is really not so clear right now. But all Rava is saying is that if you have a body to bury and it needs to be buried on Yom Tif, on day one you should have Goyim bury the body, day one of Yom Tif, and day two of Yom Tif should, uh, you should have Yidin who handle the burial. Okay. Now, let's clarify. Omar Marzutra. Marzutra says, this whole idea of burying somebody on Yom Tif is when the person had passed away 
prior to Yom Tif, or you can even say the person passed away on Yom Tif, but it's so hot that we know the body is going to start to, you know, to get ruined uh, on Yom Tif. And the bur- so we're not dealing with somebody who dies on Yom Tif per se. We're dealing with a burial that has to happen imminently for Kavod Hames. But let's say there's no issue of, of uh, the body getting ruined. Then one should wait till after Yom Tif, which is practically speaking why in uh, what, I, what we'll say is in our circles, because there are other circles where they do bury on second day Yom Tif, even in Chutz Laaretz. There are certain Hasidisha communities and Yakisha communities that will have burials take place on second day Yom Tif. But in the, we'll, we'll call the, the circles that we're familiar with. We wait till after Yom Tif. Why? Zokter Moshe Feinstein. Refrigeration. Refrigeration. Right? You could do what, there's many ways now, there's, there's ways nowadays to, cause the, to, to keep the body fresher. Uh, that it's not going to cause an issue for the actual mace, and therefore one needs to wait until after Yomtiv. Ravashi Yomar Ravashi says, Afagav no, even if the body's not waiting and the body's not going to get ruined, Nami Machine Lay, we still to do the burial as soon as possible. My timer, what's the reason? Yomtiv Shane the Gabi Mace, Shavya Rabbonan, you hear this? The whole Gzeira Midrabonan of second day Yomtiv being a stringency in Chutzlaretz was never made to apply to burial. When it comes to burial, it's not Yom Tif, says Ravashi. And it's not Yom Tif, not only are you allowed to do a burial, you're allowed to, you're allowed to make tachrichim, you're allowed to do whatever it takes to take care of the burial on, on a second day Yom Tif. It's Pashit, not Yom Tif. It's simply not Yom Tif when it comes to Hilchus burial says Ravashi, okay? So, what do we have so far? We have Rava's statement about it on the first day, Yom Tif, if you have a burial, it's Goyim. Second day should be Yidin. You have Marzutra, who says this is only true when the body's going to get ruined. And Ravashi, who argues and says that no matter what, even if the body's not going to get ruined, you can still go ahead with the burial, even if the body's fresh. Why? Because there's no Hilchis Yamtif when it comes to a burial. There's no such thing as Yamtif. Omar Ravina, Ravina says, Listen to this. This is so powerful. Nowadays, I'm just going to translate this into context. Nowadays, that we live in a Gayisha world, we live in a world of Gayim, don't do burials. Don't do burials on Yamtif. You know why? Listen to this. Listen to this. Yanko is going to walk over to his employer and say, um, just by the way, over the next three weeks, I'm going to be at work twice. Or employer says, what? Like, yeah, it's holidays. We don't do nothing on holidays. I got Rosh Hashanah. I got Yom Kippur. I got Sukkot. There's stuff happening. Employer... If the Goyim see us having funerals and digging and going about our work on a second day yomtif, the farmer that Yanko works for is going to say, excuse me, I thought you said that you don't work the land. You're not allowed to dig. You're not allowed to do any of these things. 
And therefore says Ravina a very important statement. And that is, nowadays, <clears throat> we're, we're, um, we're in Galos and we live out amongst the Goyim. We need to be concerned about this as well. And therefore, uh, therefore we don't do any sort of burials both on Yom Tev Rishain and on Yom Tev Shein. Ravina Yosef came to Ravashi. Yom Tov Mishal Roshan. Ravina was sitting in front of Ravashi, spending Yom Tov Mishal with him. Chazina Davi Yosef. He saw Ravashi was sad. Omar Lei. Amai Yosef Mar. Ravashi, why are you sad? You hit us. Chavra, it's Arab Roshan today. Yeah, it's Arab Roshan. Unbelievable. We're learning Daf Yomi. And he says to Ravashi, what are you doing being sad on Rosh Hashanah? There's no excuse to be sad on Rosh Hashanah. What's your excuse? Rosh Hashanah is a day of Simcha. Yeah. You can be nervous. You're not let to be sad. Omar Lei Ravashi says, You know why I'm sad? I didn't make Yerub Tavshila. So I'm not going to have the ability to cook food. I guess it was a Yom Tif, Rosh Hashanah that was going to go into Shabbos. See, he was concerned that he's not going to have food. Amar lei, v'loisiv mar ha'idna, do your Erev Tavshilin on Yom Tif. Mila Yom Arava, didn't Rav say, maniachad m'rubi Tavshil, miyantif l'chaveru imasna, you can make Erev Tavshilin from one day to the next and make a tanai. Amar lei, emar dam rav b'shtei yom tevim shal galias, that's by the two yom, that's by Yom Tavshin of galias, b'shnei yom tevim shal rashona miyamar, by rashona tzaryum arichta, who says that you're allowed to do it on Rosh Hashanah, so he says, says Ravina Vami The people in Arda says you're allowed to cook, and if you're allowed to cook, you should be allowed to make an Erev Tavshilin. Rav Mordechai. Rav Mordechai said, Mar, my Rabbi Ravashi told me that we don't paskin like the people of Nahar Dai. And therefore, Taka on Rosh Hashanah, one would not be allowed to make the, um, uh, to make the Erev uh, Tavshil. Okay, period. Gavaldik. Bottom line, bottom line. We had a, a whole conversation, a whole discussion about whether or not uh, Rosh Hashanah is considered a Sveika de Yaima or a Yaima or a Kedusha Arichta, what we call Yaima Arichta, one long day. The Gemara on top of Aramad started out with Rava. Uh, on, on the bottom of, uh, of yesterday's daf, started out with Rava telling us that we paskin like Rav in, in uh, all three cases, that you're not allowed to, if you have an egg that's on, born on the first, late on the first day Yomtif, you're not allowed to eat that egg on the second day Yomtif. Also, when you have um, uh, two days of Rosh Hashanah as well, you're not allowed to eat the egg on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Period. End of that conversation for now. We're all still on the topic, but we're about to start a new Machlaikis. Here we go. Itmar, we learned. Efreyach Shanoyle Biyamtif. If you have a chicken that was born on Yamtif, it hatched on Yamtif. So, are you allowed to eat the chicken? Rav, who says you're not allowed to eat the egg. On the next day, Omar Asr. He says, no. When you have a chicken that's born on Yom Tif, even if you're going to shech that chick, to have it for your suda, it's Asr. Shmuel, some, or some say it wasn't Shmuel, it's Rabbi Echanan. 
says it's allowed. Rav Amar Aser Muktzer. Rav says it's Aser because it is Muktzer. Yeah, it wasn't ready before Yamtiv. Ushmual v'itemar v'yechivran Amar Muter. Hayul umater atzmai v'shchita. Since uh, by shechting it, you'll be allowed to eat it. So even now, it is not Muktzer. Okay, now this is interesting. It seems from the Gemara, let's talk for a second. It seems from the Gemara that either Shmuel or Rabbi Echanan, right? We don't know who the, who's authoring this. It may very well agree that while it was an egg, it's going to be muktzah. However, now that it hatched, it changed. It completely changed. Why? Because an egg stamazai is eaten, but a chicken, by definition, is something that can't be eaten until shechita. And we know that a chicken, a regular chicken, before, prior to shechita, is not considered muktzah. Therefore, the, the reality of what removes, a, a, what makes a chicken fit and no longer muktzah is a different mitzias, is a different reality than what causes the egg to be muktzah. Okay, so Rav says it's muktzah like the egg. Rav, uh, uh, Rav Yechinan or Shmuel, whichever one it is, says that no, it's now in its new category and it has the status of a chicken. The same way a regular chicken is not muktzah until you shecht it, this is also not muktzah. say to Rav, who say it's muktzah, was seen this and an eagle that is born on yamtif. Later on, on this daf, we are going to see. Now, when you have an animal that's born on Yomtif, you're allowed to eat that animal. Okay? You're allowed to shech the animal on Yomtif and eat it. Why is a chicken that comes out of an egg, usser, but yet an animal that's born on Yomtif is going to be mother? Amar Luhu, he says, Since it was muchan agav imay through shechita, it is a loud. Okay? Um, now, if we're a little, if we're not so clar over here, okay, if we're not so clar over here, let's, let's spend time now, and this will make the next Gemara on Amud Beis when we get here, go faster. What we're mentioning here is the concept of a Ben Pakua. Okay? We've, we've uh, gotten into this. If you shecht a mother cow, and after the shechita, there's a baby that comes out. That animal is permitted to eat on Yomtev, even though it's born on Yomtev. An egg that hatches into a chicken, you're not allowed to eat. Rav Kahana and Ravasi say to Rav, we're going to see in the Gemara later on, a Bempakua is permitted on Yomtev. They say to Rav, well, if a Bempakua that's born on Yomtev is mutter, why is a chicken not mutter? And Rav responds, I'll tell you very simply, because the halacha of a ben pakua, by definition, is saying that the shechita of the mother is also the shechita of the baby. And therefore, the baby is like a limb of the mother, as opposed to an egg that's a completely separate entity. It's not considered prepared. It's not considered ready from the moment it's born. Yeah, go ahead, Rabbi. Uh, Rabbi Ravinsky trying to ask a question here. Oh, oh, very good. Okay. Says the Gemara, uh, fine. 
says the Gemara, Uma bin Egal Shanaila Minatreva. Fine. So you're going to tell me that Vampakua is going to be allowed to eat and, and that's allowed because the same way the mother is shechted, this, this animal is considered shechted because it's a limb of the mother, but in a chicken that's not. But let's ask about a different type of animal. Why is it, why is it uh, that uh, egg that hatches on Yomtev has a different halacha than an eagle that's born from a trefa? Right? If you, have a, if you shecht an animal, it turns out to be a trefa. It's, uh, it's not kosher. So if the mother's a trefa, um, you can't say that the baby is allowed. But the halacha is that if you do have a baby that's born to a, to a trefa that's, that's uh, shechted, you're allowed to eat that baby on Yom Tif. Why? Why are you allowed to eat it? It's obviously not considered part of the mother. So Shosik Rav. Rav was quiet. Amar Rav, Amar Rav, Yosef. Rabba, subset of Yosef asked, My time is Shosik Rav. Why is Rav quiet and he doesn't explain the difference between the, the, the chick that hatched and the animal that, and the, this Bempakua that came from a treva? He should have responded, Since the treva mother could be fed to dogs, so too this child, this calf could be fed to dogs, so it's considered food, and that's why it's not mukta. So why didn't Rav say that? says, we now turn to Just because something is prepared for uh, to be eaten, it's not mukta, does not mean that when it's prepared for dogs, it, 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 it's also not mukta. No. Meat that's prepared for dogs, lechaira, um, should be uh, should be mukta. It's not. We learned in the Mishnah. You're allowed to cut melons in front of an animal, and in front of a, and you're also allowed to cut up a nevela, but for a dog steed, says, if the nevela was not already usher from Erev Shabbos, it's not considered something that's prepared. Why is it not prepared? Why is it in Muchan? Because it's only dog food. It's not considered human food when Shabbos started. Muchan Leklavim, are you going to tell me that something that's fit for dogs could also going to be is also going to be considered fit for people? No, and therefore let's let, let's wrap our our heads around this brisa. What's the idea here? You can't tell me that when a trefa animal and a, a mother trefa, yeah, you shech the mother and there's a baby inside. It turns out the mother had a hole in her lungs. You can't tell me that that the baby is considered fit. And not mukta when the most you can do with it is feed it to dogs. So something that's fit for a dog to eat does not make it not mukta. It still remains mukta. So Rabbi responds, "You're right. In something that's that's fit for a, a person is not considered fit for dogs. Because a, a food that a person's supposed to eat, you're not supposed to give it to dogs, right? You're supposed to use it." For uh, for the pinnacle of creation, you're supposed to use it to eat. However, listen to this. Very interesting. If something is fit for dogs to be to eat, it can very well also be considered for a person. You know why? Because a person's mind is on anything that's fit for him to eat. Okay, so. 
what we're saying is like this. Listen to this. This is uh, let, let's wrap our heads around this halacha. We're, we'll pause here and talk, because in order to understand this, we have to know laws of the the basics of ben pakua. And it's let's spend a, uh, it's going to take us a couple minutes. Here we go. Yishech the mother animal, a cow. That cow turns out to be kosher. You're allowed to eat that cow. You're allowed to eat the calf. Is either one muktza? No. Neither one should be muktza. I, you shechted the cow on yamtiv, and the calf is being born on yamtiv. True, but we don't even look at the calf like it's being born on yamtiv. We just look at it like it's a limb of the mother. And the same way the mother's permitted to eat, so too you're permitted to eat this animal. Okay. Now, what happens if you shecht a cow and the cow turns out to be a trefa? Is the cow itself now muktza? Is the cow itself muktza? Or do we say that, listen, since the meat, it's an avela, and since the, uh, it's, or we'll call it a, a just shechted and a trefa, We're not, it's not an avela, but shechted, okay. So, but that meat could be fed to dogs. Okay? Is that meat muktza? So we say that anything that's fit for, um, anything that's fit for dogs is not considered fit for humans, okay? But something that's fit for humans is considered, uh, something that's fit for humans is not considered fit for dogs, but something that's fit for dogs is considered fit for humans. It's treifa. How is it fit for humans? It says the Gemara, very interesting. Ready for this? Listen to this. If you shecht an animal mother that's a treifa, and a, and a baby comes out, that baby is still kosher. So the mother may be muktzah, but the baby is not going to be muktzah. Hence, the ben pakua halacha, the animal is always considered fit, as opposed to the chick, as opposed to an egg. Where it's not coming mitiras ben pakua, it's not coming as part of oh, it's a limb of a pre-existing animal. It's coming separately from the chicken. The egg and chicken are separate. Therefore, once the egg is muktza, it's muktza, and you're not even allowed to eat the chick. That's the difference between a chick that gets hatched from an egg and any sort of bempakua, whether it comes from a, uh, whether it comes from an animal that ends up being edible or an animal that turns out to be a tree. Fascinating Allah. We learn in a brisa like Rab. Some say we have a brisa like Rav Shmuel. So obviously we're going back to the Machlekes on on uh, Amar Aleph. For those just joining us, we're about 10, 11 lines from the top of Vav Amar Beis. And we're working off of the Machlekes, which is that um, when you have a a uh, baby chicken that hatches on Yom Tif, Rav says it is muksa, you're not allowed to eat it. And Shmuel or Rabbi Echanan, Machlekes, who it is. Some say Shmuel, says it is allowed. We're going to get into that Machlekes. Why? 
or not why, but what's uh, let's back up these Amirom with some with some uh, Brises. So here we go. Tanikvasi Dara, there's a Brisa like Rav who says that a chicken born on Yomtif is Muktzah. If you have a baby calf that's born in its mother, Ephrayach, but a chick, what's the between a chick that's born in and an animal that's born? Yeah? If you shecht a mother and a baby were to have been inside, it's not Muktzah. As opposed to the chicken, if you shecht a mother, shecht the chicken, and there's an egg inside, the egg has nothing to do with the chicken. Okay. He says that Taka, um, if the chicken were to be inside the mother when it's shechted, it also would be okay. And therefore, it is not muksa, period. All right. So each one, each Amira has a Brisa backing him up. Tanu Rabbanon, about halfway down in Vav Abba the rabbis learn so shui afresh nele beyond the vosser. If you have a chicken that's born on, that, that hatches on yomtiv, it's osser. Rabbi Lazbi Nakavim, Rabbi Lazbi Nakavim says af bechayil osser. The fish should like niftachu ena. Even during the week, you know how to eat the chicken. You know the you know why? Because it didn't open his eyes. It is a baby chick. You can't eat. You can't shecht it right away. Can't shecht it right away. Says the Gemara, what's going on? Kaman Azla had the Tanya. Kahola Sharitz Asheritz Alaritz. Anything that is that crawls along the land, we know is is not kosher. The rabbi safrechim shlay niftachuinaim. Yeah, a baby chick has to crawl along the land. It includes a baby chick that has not yet opened his eyes. Kiman Kirabi Alazar Ben Yaakov. You hit us. He says there's a completely separate problem of a baby chicken. Which is that you always have to wait until um, until it opens its eyes, okay? Yeah, this, so this is a this is um, you know at what point it obviously depends, uh, you know it depends when it opens its eyes. But according to Blaz Ben Yaakov, what he's saying is just keep in mind that no matter what, as soon as a chicken hatches, it's not kosher. I'm, I'm curious to know. Um, where else you find such a creation, right? There's a fascinating creation. Where do you find something that is a non-kosher animal when it's born and then becomes kosher? According to Blesben Yaakov, a, a baby chick is not kosher to eat, but a few hours later it is, Okay. An egg is considered a complete egg as soon as it leaves the the uh, body of its mother. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Like, what, why are you saying that? Maybe we're going to say that once it leaves the body of the chicken, the egg leaves the body of the chicken, it's complete. And you could eat it with milk. It's not considered chicken anymore. Now it's a par of egg. But if it's in the chicken, it's considered fleshig. Is it true that while, if you would be inside the mother, and and the you shech the mother, now it's you're not allowed to have it with milk? If you shech the chicken, you find inside complete eggs. You're allowed to have it with milk. So you see, you don't have to wait for it to completely come out in order for it to be fully formed. 
Gemara says, What it means is, once it comes out of the once it comes out of the chicken, it's considered completely ready. That if it came out before yomtiv, you're allowed to eat it on yomtiv. But if yomtiv starts and the chicken is inside the egg still, and the egg is inside the chicken still, um, then it's uh, considered not fully ready. It's not it's not nigmara. And if it comes out on Yomtif, you would not be allowed to eat it. I have a time learned in the Brisa, Hashem is going to go Not only are you allowed to have it with milk, you're allowed to have it on Yomtif. You're going to say that maybe the Brisa is letting us know to argue yet uh, and, uh, and, and don't pass it like our Mishnah. No. Hanami Tanina. There's a Mishnah. Beitish Shalta be Yomtif. Beishami Emrim Te'achel. That's our Mishnah. Ubeisol Emrim Laiseyachel. They're talking about an egg that was laid on Yomtif. It's already out of the chicken. But let's say it's still inside the chicken. If you shech the chicken and there's eggs inside, everybody would allow you to eat the egg because we'll say the same way you're allowed to eat the chicken, you're allowed to eat the egg. Memela Rav will be correct. If you're going to say that, maybe not. Maybe when Basil says you're not allowed to eat an egg that's laid on Yamtif, he will also he will also hold that an egg that inside the chicken is also not allowed on Yamtif. And why did we only give a case where it's laid to teach us how Mako Beshamai is that few and Nami Shari? No, Allahadatanya. We're going to rise a shekel tanagailas. If you shek the chicken who motzuba eats some gemuras, you find complete eggs inside. Mutaras Lachlam Yamtif, you're allowed to have it on Yamtif. And that uh, that Basil agrees with that money. You're going to tell me it's not Beishame and it's not Basil? Of course not. Everybody agrees that it's allowed to be eaten. And Mamela, the uh, Mamela, when we say originally that Rob holds, um, uh, we say originally that Rob holds the halacha of Amravuna Marav Beitza Imyitziyasa Nigbara. What does he mean that an egg? When it comes out, is completely formed. He's talking about um, only once it leaves the chicken and not once it is inside. Ella says the Gemara. You know what? You know what the sta- the statement when we read the statement now of Rav, which is that What it means is Once the chicken, once the egg comes out of the chicken, it itself is considered complete not as far as Hoghaskashur is but as far as the ability for a, a chicken to come from it but if you ever have a fully formed egg and you shech the mother, it's inside the mother you shech the mother, you find the fully formed egg and you take that egg out you can eat that egg, but just know that that egg in, in science in practicality not science not all science is practical but in, in Emmas, yeah, cannot have uh, a, a, no chick could come out of that. Lamai nafkamina, lamai And a big nafkamina is, well, when you now let us sell an egg that says, oh, by the way, this egg can hatch a chick. No, if you took it out of the mother, it cannot hatch chicks. Ki ahu, da'amar lehu. Like somebody said to, to uh, egg sellers, be'i depachayu laman, top of tomorrow's daf, we want eggs that are coming from a chaya, from a live, uh, from a live uh, chicken. 
somebody, what happened was, he wanted an egg from a live animal, but they sold him eggs that were found inside of a shechted chicken. You got to give it back because the eggs that are from a shechted chicken cannot produce chicks. So it's a, it's a mekach tois. Says the Gemara Pshita. Okay, why is this a Chiddush? He lied. The, the seller lied. Right? So why is it a Chiddush that it's a, that it's a mekach tois? Last step for today. Mahutim, I was about to say, Hai lachila hu boy. That really most chickens are meant to be eaten. And the reason why he wanted a, an egg from a live chicken is because he wanted to make sure it was fully developed. So not that he wanted it to produce more, he wanted it to produce chicks. I'm not sure it's fully developed. And uh, that's why he was asking. The mine of Kamina. And if the uh, mine of Kamina. And what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? Why does he care whether it's from, if it's alive or dead? The Mesvaba, Baini, Baini, Kamash Balan. I would say that maybe there's a, maybe you just need to pay back the difference in price. Between the different types of eggs, yeah, but you don't mamish. We're not going to say it's a complete mekach tois, because we'll say like this. You know what the mekach, You know what the problem is? He'll say, "You lied to me. How did I lie to you? Well, I wanted an egg that came from a live animal because then I know that it only went out when it was fully developed. I gave you a fully developed egg. It's just okay. The animal was shechted. I took it out. Yeah, but then how do you know a that the shell was closed? But how do you know it was mamish fully ripe? Yeah, I wanted a fully ripe egg. So what are you going to say? All right, fine. Fine. You want a fully ripe one? A fully ripe one is a dollar. A non-fully ripe one is 90 cents. I'll give you back 10 cents. The bottom line is you got your egg. That's what I would have thought. Komash Malan, Cubs Long Rav Ami, they tell me a chiddush. No, 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 no. No. You can't just say give back the 10 cents. This is a completely different egg. An egg that's capable of being eaten only and an egg that's capable of producing chicks are completely different eggs. And if somebody says, I want a chicken from a live animal, which uh, I, want a, I want an egg from a live chicken, and you give him an egg from a dead chicken, the whole thing's a mekach tois. You're giving him a completely different product, and the whole thing's going to go back. Uh, the, the whole sale will be nullified. You're going to have to return the money. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Yeah, go ahead.